Hey, it's Demi, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This week, my guest is an absolute legend. I honestly love her, and I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode. Her name is Clara, and she is a digital marketing guru who makes digital marketing cool and entertaining on TikTok. She is currently living her best life in Bali, but it wasn't too long ago that she was having her very own millennial crisis and listening to this podcast. Our paths first crossed on TikTok and it is crazy how much synergy we have in both of our stories. As I was, Clara was feeling lost, confused, miserable in the work she was doing and super overworked, getting caught up in hustle culture. In this episode, Clara shares her journey to becoming a digital nomad. It is real, honest, and tells you exactly what to expect when you're changing things up. So let's jump straight into episode 61 of the podcast, Feeling Out of Place. Podcast, I am so excited to have you on today. I'm very excited as well, especially because I've been listening to your podcast for a while. So it's really an honor to be here talking with you. Thank you. You know what my thing is? I think when I messaged you about like getting you on the podcast, I was like, why didn't I think of this earlier? <laughs> I don't know why it's taken me so long to get you on here. Although our paths are very different, there is a lot of crossover and your story is exactly the kind of story that we love to tell on the millennial crisis because one, I know you're super honest and realistic about what it actually took to get you here. Mm-hmm. And two, it's another proof case of saying like, you can do whatever you want. It's just going to take time and you're going to have to put your mind to it and work hard for it. And all of that other good stuff we wish that we didn't need to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If something is true is that whatever we see on other people's life it's just the highlights like uh, you guys talk about often in the podcast but there's so much more behind the scenes that we do not share enough definitely yeah yeah 100 Mm percent. so let's start off the podcast with the three same and boring questions that i ask all of my guests but it's important to get them out of the way so they are what is your name age Mm -hmm. and what do you do or what are you known for Okay, so my name is Clara, Clara Escoms. Uh, My age, I'm 25 years old. And what do I do work-wise? I am a brand strategist and marketing professional. And what I am known for, since I have been living abroad for some years, I'm always known as the Spanish girl in the group. But aside from that, not much more, I will say. (laughs) I love that. So I found you first... It must. It was on TikTok, right? We mm, both we saw someone saw one of us saw each other's videos or something like that, and then we came across each other's pages. And I was like, "Oh my god, this girl is so cool!" Because <laughs> you make these incredible videos teaching people about marketing, but you do mm-hmm. it in such a first off, like for me working in marketing, I low-key hate the industry because and I'm sure Mm. you have some of the similar gripes that I have where sometimes the things people say or the stories they kind of uh, try to sell people of how to do marketing versus the reality of what it actually takes to get things going are so different and I don't follow any marketing pages because 
personally, marketing's not like an interest of mine. It's what I do mm. to make money, but it's not an interest that I want to see when I'm scrolling through socials. But the way your videos come across and the way you share your videos, it doesn't make marketing boring. It makes it interesting and also how you can add some of the, I guess, marketing methodology into your own life as well, yeah. uh, which, which is super amazing. So did you want to start off by telling us a little bit, we won't rewind fully, but let's just rewind to what made you start posting or making these videos on TikTok? Back then I was working for another company, um, but I knew that eventually I would like to start my own project. And at the same time, just like you shared, I also knew that I didn't share the same opinion about marketing than many other professionals in the industry might have. So I knew that I wanted to do things my way. And perhaps what makes my videos a little bit different, if anything, is the fact that I actually try and criticize marketing a bit or try and let non-marketers know what's going on behind the scenes. So we as marketers, I feel like we see the world in a different way. At least when I go grocery shopping, when I scroll on Instagram, we get to know the why behind celebrities, uh, brands make some moves, you know, but uh, non-marketers don't necessarily know about this. So I feel like as we become more and more exposed to all these sorts of information and uh, media, brands, clothing, etc., it's really important that people know about it and they if possible use it for their own personal commercial brands as well you know Mm. so I'm very happy that people uh, enjoy the videos and uh, yeah they find something useful in them (laughs) yeah no totally I I think it's really interesting because one of the things your videos highlighted to me was how marketing wasn't my thing which I Mm. think is really interesting Uh, because I've always known, like I've always known marketing wasn't my passion or anything, but your videos reiterated that to me, to, to me. And the reason I say that is because what you just said then about how, when you navigate the world, you notice all of the things and marketing tricks and all of these other things that doesn't happen to me, oh, which yeah. is really interesting. And I noticed that um, everyone I speak to, I always try and get to the bottom of like, what their passion is or what their curiosities are, I guess. Mm-hmm. And maybe marketing isn't your passion, but it's definitely a curiosity of yours. And I think we can see that through your videos. And it made me realize, I was like, wow, like, although I'm interested and intrigued because Clara's the one that's saying it, <laughs> I am i don't navigate the world in that way. What I do mm-hmm. navigate in is, you know, understanding more people or looking at the people focus versus the branding perspective, which I think sits within the marketing area. But I think for anyone listening in saying there are two marketers here and we both still view things in different ways, but have the same, I guess, um, perspective and values within the industry. And then if you had two other marketers in the room, they would have another totally different outlook and perspective on things. And one of the things that I find a lot of our community feel, and definitely I felt in the past as well, is that if you don't find your people in your space or you're working in an environment or team that um, isn't in that same realm as you, it can make you feel that the space you've chosen is wrong when that might not be the case either. You can still be in the right space, but you need to find a different niche within it or a different area or realm. So I think first off, that's a really 
um, important thing to to showcase here. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to watch you make these videos and speak about um, brand strategy and marketing because it highlights to me like, oh, wow, it's it's a different space within the same industry. And, yeah. and um, passion or curiosity can make people do incredible things, which is what your videos do. And I think that's probably why people love them so much because you can see your passion for it through them, Thank which is you. amazing. Thanks so much. Yeah, I feel like as marketers, especially if there's someone listening who's studying marketing or business or wants to become a marketer, I will say that we have to be very aware of the places and the spaces we put ourselves in because we all know that there are many horrendous techniques we can use as marketers to make people buy certain stuff, you know, uh, adhere to certain ideas. So if you put yourself in certain places where you know those are, you know, common practices, you will have to be one of those people. And not that, that's that, not that that has happened to me, not the case, but still, uh, I feel it's very important to protect yourself from potential situations like that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which is one of the reasons that I definitely like agencies gave me an ick because mm, they, you know. I guess if anyone wasn't to understand, they definitely run a similar model to what a lot of financial institutions run. And they're definitely well known as being like kind of an icky industry mm. and I think agencies do the same thing and like you mentioned earlier one of the really um, kind of big issues that I also had with with the industry is people will try and make things sound a lot more complicated than they are <laughs> or inflate what they're doing for somebody a lot more because the other day that came in to consult for a client and mm. she started using all this like industry lingo that like mm. Even I, a couple of the words hadn't come across. I think she said um, ABM, which is account-based marketing. Have you ever heard of ABM before? Okay. Um, when it comes to acronyms, I just Same. I disconnect because it could stand for anything. Exactly. <laughs> and really? I said to her, I like stopped her mid-sentence and I said, um, sorry, what does that mean? And she goes, oh, account-based yeah. marketing. And I was like, let me tell you what I do and yeah. you let me know if that's what you're talking about right now. And I was like, um, working, you know, whatever. I said, whatever. And she goes, that's exactly what it is. And I was like, so oh, you wow. could have just said, like, you definitely could have just said that to me. But people get too scared to ask these questions because yeah. these people, the reason they use the acronyms and all of that is so that they can almost insert their superiority over somebody else. And definitely. it's just so refreshing to see other people in the space that are working against that too, which I think is yeah. is really nice and important. And a lot of things that students or people that are new to the industry don't understand and then they get caught up with self, like low self-worth in the workplace mm -hmm. because they are made to feel as though they're stupid all the time and invalidated when the reality is it's those people that are the insecure ones. Yeah, exactly. Even more when you adopt a role of a consultant with a client, that means that your client is not a marketing expert. That is the reason why they called you. And it is actually your job to translate those acronyms into language that they can actually adapt to their company, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a no for me. <laughs>
um no yeah it is Uh, I think I think yeah that this was one of the one of the reasons I really wanted you on because we are so on the same page and I think it's so important for all of our listeners to always like remember that Mm. there are spaces where you're not going to feel dumb you shouldn't be made to feel dumb in the workplace and that the onus of explanations of things is on the superior in the situation mm-hmm. it's not on you you're learning that's why you're Definitely. getting paid so little you exactly. know and yeah. that's the other thing the fact that juniors are getting paid less but because they should be compensated with learning but they're yep. not getting the learning so what the f- yeah i know it's really, <laughs> that is one of the reasons why i reject or I really don't want to be a part of the Spanish system, workforce, etc. Because I love as much as I love my country, I I know that if I would make myself part of that, I would hate my country in half a year to a year time. So I'll rather loving it by from the distance, you know? Yeah. Um or coming back eventually of course, but not being part of the system or trying to doing things my way instead because it is a real problem in my country yeah in some countries in europe it is especially southern europe i would say yeah that to be fair same here like the workhorse thing is Mm. is such a thing and actually the reason why i posted that video um that Mm -hmm. we kind of had connected from was because i was in south america working and traveling thought i'd like you know what you're exactly what you're doing now you feel like oh my god i've hacked life how could i (laughs) figure this out all of this kind of stuff and when i came back i found myself really falling back into that pressure to get a nine to five job, to settle down, to become a cog in that system, Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody around me was doing and also pushing. Like that was Mm -hmm. the kind of, I don't want to say subliminal messaging, but like that underlying pressure that um, I felt. And I was like, fuck this. I I need support elsewhere. I need to find other people that are doing that stuff. So I was like, let me just post something on this TikTok thing and see what and it and it gave me the confidence to continue um moving out there because I was like oh it's just about finding your kind of people to remind you all the time that what you're doing isn't crazy it should be Mm -hmm. the the norm really I believe we're here to live like we're we're not here work to live to work what do they say Mm -hmm. yeah we're here to live, not work. I don't know. Anyway, whatever that saying yeah, is, that's what I mean. Work to live. Yeah, I know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean. And I feel that if there are people who are, of course, who do enjoy this life of, you know, having a job and then knowing what to expect from the company they work for, um, that's great because the system has been built for you. So you just have to sort of accommodate, you know, into the system. Um, but it doesn't have to be the only option. And it doesn't mean that you have to break with everything that you know from before or anything. Just little by little, keep doing your thing and then everything will fall into place, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. And that's the other thing that I that I love about you as well is that it's, the, it's that same perspective and outlook as me where it does. I don't care what kind of lifestyle you lead as long as it makes you happy and the same should go for everybody else nobody should be questioning the way anybody wants to lead their life especially if it's not hurting Mm -hmm. Um, 
anybody. Yeah. yeah. And there are a lot of people that the nine to five works really well for, especially if they've got purpose in their work, I yeah. find. So if you found real purpose in your work or you're helping people and you're getting that reward, then that nine to five structure can work really really well well. and if you're switched on in those times and like you said the world's built for that so it's amazing because then you can switch off on weekends completely before work and after work you can switch off as long as they're not working you 12 hour days which then that shouldn't be for anyone you know I'm actually very happy for them for these people because uh how lucky are they that what they like in life is the same thing as what they are expected to to be and to do over the next, you know, 40 years or whatever. So um, it's a little bit more different for us, but still, like, even I feel, uh, yeah, now we, we live in a world where whatever you want to do, if you get it right over here, then you, you over here, you know, it's a podcast and I'm over here. Like, I know. Pointing at my, <laughs> I was my pointing head, at her like, head. <laughs> um eventually you'll get there yeah sooner rather than later actually yeah yeah actually well now that I think about it sooner rather than later but also not so soon so for me I had been posting for I think eight months until I started serving clients over there so I gave myself a year I was not in a hurry. I still was working my previous job. So I thought, okay, I know that eventually I want to do something with this, but I sort of reversed engineered. So in order for me to launch something in half a year to a year, I should have an audience, you know, first. Um, So then I can better serve them because I will have educate them for a while on marketing and brand strategy so they can start by themselves and then if and only if they need my services, hey, I'm here for you, yeah? So still, it took eight to 10 months, I would say, of posting videos once a day, I would say, which involves getting ready, you know, mm-hmm. having a script, you know, how it goes. Um, so yeah, I feel that sometimes the question is, are you willing to do this every day for a year with no money involved? Um, if you are, then you'll be successful for sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And and that's the thing. I'm going to take you back even further. But before mm-hmm. we get there, I, I want to touch on that point that you've just mentioned there, which is the fact that you need to make sure that you're willing, because the reality is it is a 12 month for like organic content that you're creating on your own to create a real tight knit community. It doesn't matter even if you get two or three viral videos within the first Mm. six months, that's not enough to convert or sustain a long-term business the way you would want it to. If you can do that in that time and continue to show up regardless of the likes, regardless of the views that you continue getting, that is the most important, right? The most. And it doesn't have to be every day. It can be three times a week that you commit yourself to, you know, whatever it is, but... It again, the stuff that's not spoken about, the reality of things. Yeah. People just assume things happen overnight and don't realize it's oh, been no. a year, two years, five years in the making. Yeah. Even when I first started, now that I think about it, I'm a little self conscious about my accent. And I thought, listen, no one's going to understand what I'm saying. So at the very beginning, I would film these videos where you're like pointing at stuff and it just text with background music, you know? Then eventually I said, 
I really want to talk, you know, <laughs> I really want to talk. So then I started talking and then things got better because because you are actually explaining there's gestures involved, like they see you and they get to hear what you have to say. So, yeah, it is a little mental journey as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the mental journey, because I yeah. know, at least for me, that was half of it. And nothing came into fruition or started to get rolling until I came to the conclusion myself that one, the lifestyle I wanted to lead was okay to do. Mm -hmm. And two, that um, I needed to take my crazy dreams seriously and that they weren't just a little side project, that it was actually something that if I put my head to, I could achieve. So let's talk about where things started for you. So you always studied marketing, right? First of all, I was born in a very, very small village on the Mediterranean side of Spain with only 400 people, out of which 390 are grandmas and grandpas, you know. So, of course, this has been a very long journey when it comes to learning English, going to university, moving out of my parents' house, etc. Um, I did study international business in Spain. Then I went to Amsterdam for my exchange when I did business innovation. So... Again, like these little steps that were leading me to the industry, etc. Once I was in Amsterdam, I really loved the city. I was there as an exchange student. So, of course, lots of going out, meeting new people, etc. And uh, for me, coming from Spain, not that there's anything wrong with the system, education or anything, but studying business innovation in Amsterdam for me was like going to the future and seeing what was available for me actually and all these things. And one day I said, wow, I really want to stay. That meant that I had, of course, no contacts in Amsterdam. Like I had my students' friends uh, who in that regard were just as lost as I was because we (laughs) had been partying for like five months straight. So networking events were not a priority for us, you know. But then once I, in my mind, I said, okay, I want to stay, then it became a bit more of like, I'm going to keep going out, but also every once in a while, I'm going to attend these events and these industry conferences. And I'm just going to let my professors know that I would like to stay afterwards. You know, I speak Spanish. Maybe some companies might need someone who speaks Spanish. So eventually via a Facebook post, actually, I found an internship that then became a full-time job. And I ended up staying in Amsterdam for four years, which was amazing. So yeah, that's a bit the story of how I got my first job yeah Mm. exactly (laughs) I want to I want to touch back on the Facebook post because I think it's so important and it really showcases that Mm. one thing I say to my students all the time is after you've done a session like after they do even if it's a free intro class can you please screenshot this and share it somewhere and let your network know that you are upskilling that you want to be in this space don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to say I am doing all of these marketing things because I want to eventually work in marketing or I want to Mm. move, like tell people that. So this is a perfect example of why that is important. So do you want to talk about what that Facebook post said? I don't care if it's marketing, you know? Yeah, I can even. uh... Yeah. So people can really understand that because I think it's so, so important. Yes. This was the most innocent Facebook post ever from a 20 year old girl. So I'll tell you what happened. So I stayed in Amsterdam for 10 months. Yeah. 
I loved it. I wanted to stay for the summer for like a couple of more months. And I asked one of my friends back in Spain, Leah, if she wanted to join me for the summer. Of course, she said yes. I extended my rent in my apartment in Amsterdam. And then I said, okay, I want to stay here for a couple more months, but I don't want to stay as a tourist. You know, we've done everything already. We've been out, we explored the country. Let me find somewhere where I can volunteer for a couple of months. So then I, again, had no contacts. Um, so I just typed on Facebook, you know, I, I never used Facebook, but I thought maybe a, a group over there can help me out. Um, so I just typed Amsterdam startups, I think it was. And there was this private group where I got accepted. And then I posted, hi, uh, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm Clara. My name is Clara. I'm a 21 year old student from Spain, but now studying in Amsterdam. I have two months available here. Um, if I can do anything for anyone, I'm pretty sure I said anything for anyone. Like I could not be more available for these people. Of course, for free, just let me know. And then I said, I speak English, Spanish and Catalan as if Catalan is, you know, in high demand in Amsterdam. But again, I thought, okay, just, you know, that went crazy. I actually shared the same post on LinkedIn and my professors from Amsterdam very kindly shared it with that ne their network, which was significantly better than mine. So that led to many companies, Dutch and other European companies reaching out, not for the summer, but for an internship because they actually, I was not even aware of it, but they kept, I kept receiving the feedback that this was a very proactive attitude. Mm -hmm. So if you are willing to sacrifice your summer in Amsterdam to help other companies, startups out, um, we want you as a, you know, as an intern, And uh, I even got a message from Volvo, the car company in Belgium. I could not believe it. I was like, wow, I just, you know, I wanted something for the summer. I did um, help a nonprofit out during that summer. And then I got many more messages. Uh, one of them was uh, from a tech startup in Amsterdam. I eventually ended up doing my internship with them. Then that became uh, a full-time job. So yeah, that's how it all got started. Yeah, again, zero contacts, just very good intentions, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no expectations, actually. I feel like maybe because I was born in this very, very small village, I have the impression that everything good that happens to me in this, you know, regards, like moving abroad, having these amazing projects to work on, all of this is extra for me. I feel like none of this was written, you know? So I'm just very grateful to have it. And then I don't expect any more of it, sort of. And then it keeps happening because of that. Yeah. Totally. I totally agree. And I think it's it's so important for everyone to hear these things. Because first off, I just want to acknowledge the fact that one, that was you at 21 and now mm -hmm. you're 25, right? Yeah. So that's been a big, like, that's been a big yeah. difference in that time. And people that are, it doesn't mean that you needed to have done this at 21 for anyone that's listening mm. that's older. Um, it's saying that it's going to take time. So be prepared to know that likely that first move, it might take you like six or seven of those moves because you were going to networking events before that. It's not like someone yeah. handed you a job there. It mm -hmm. just happened to be the Facebook post that ended up landing. 
Exactly. Um, but for people to know that it's going to take time, but put out all of your feelers. It's so imp- that literally a similar thing happened to me at, I think I was 20. I mm-hmm. randomly applied for something because I wanted to, I wanted to win a keep cup, you know, like the keep cups <laughs> at, at a uni event. I like okay. spun a thing and I wanted to win a keep cup and to do it, I had to put my email down. And then a week later, I received what I thought was a spam email from Microsoft looking for students to be like campus ambassadors. And I was like, this is so weird. I work at like Coles, which is our like supermarket as a checkout chick. And I was like, this is so random. Like it must be a scam. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like apply, put my resume in, whatever. And I got it. And the thing was that they told me was that so many, not many people applied. Well, yeah, you see, like, you never know. You never know. People are scared to put themselves even out there because they think, well, what if they, what if they say no? What if they don't respond? What if no one responded to the Facebook post? You would have gone to another networking event and you would have got yourself there a different way. It's so important to put yourself out there. It's not embarrassing at all. And you will find the best kind of people doing that. And let me tell you, I remember in these networking events, in tech conferences in Central Europe, I felt out of place sometimes. I was the only woman, the only young person. I was basically the only non-Dutch 50-year-old male in the room. And so it's not, people have always been very nice to me, but I did get comments like, hey, what are you doing here? It's like, uh, maybe it was a Thursday, like 7 p.m. You should be out with friends. I'm like, I'm going out tomorrow, but today I'm here, you know, because yeah. there's something I want to get out of this. Yeah. So it does get uncomfortable, but the good thing about it is that we all bring something different to the table. So even better if you put yourself in these situations, because people that are similar age, similar nationalities, they tend to have a similar way of thinking. And when you run a business, what you want is actually new perspectives. So when they do see someone different who's willing to be there at 7 p.m. on a Thursday or whatever day it is, um, it says good things about you. Yeah. Yeah. And it also allows you to learn from people that you wouldn't usually have surrounded yourself with. Um, in that case, maybe they weren't the great best people who knows. Right. But it, it does. Like I've always worked in, like, I've always had, um, I don't know why I'd never wanted to work in like the dreamy marketing areas, mm. I guess, because maybe I knew that I never wanted to do that stuff. So I always worked in like tech or yeah. like, product development, all of these kind of boring areas, but it allowed me to learn so many skills that I can apply to the millennial crisis that I can apply to anything else I do now, because I know about all of these random things that I should never have learned about. (laughs) Exactly. So if you are listening to this and you feel like you still don't have the courage to start your project, but you will get there in five years your job now is to put yourself in these situations that Demi is talking about. Yes. Just keep keep learning because then you, you'll use all of this when you start your own project, definitely. Yeah. Literally. And mm-hmm. it might, that's the thing. If you put yourself in different situations, it might not end up being, you might think after that, you know what? I don't actually want to start my own thing. I'm actually yeah. really happy now that I have the confidence staying in this company for a few years, moving to another company for a few years and, and yes. moving on further. I always say um, I have a friend that I have on every season and I was saying to him, you know, 
what? I wouldn't be surprised if when I hit like my 40s that I just mm-hmm. want to stop doing this and just get it a nine to five and, mm-hmm. and that be it, you know, yeah. knowing that that's cool too. Yeah. It's just and however, what fits your lifestyle at the time. Definitely. Because it's very smart what you said. And I feel like for us who studied marketing and business, um, we are constantly taught that we have to make the most out of resources, yeah, make the most money, whatever. But we should start seeing ourselves as the project. So I always think, um, yeah, I could always go back to a nine to five later on. But because now I have the energy and the willingness and the health state and the age to do all these other things, it would be silly not to. Like if you yes. see yourself as an asset what do I have right now you have energy maybe we don't have that much money compared to a 50 year old (laughs) but you have a lot of enthusiasm and you Mm want to put yourself out there and you want to meet new people and I don't think that when I am 50 I'm going to have the same energy level you know so the smart thing for me at least is to now say okay now that I can and I want to I will and then I'll see what I do whatever I feel like doing you know Mm. but yeah It's so interesting because at least a lot of the storyline that would happen maybe in my family or my community was that, well, now that you're young, you need to work all the time so that you can make all the money for your retirement. Right. I feel that. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I remember literally saying this line. I just want to find, I'm so annoyed that I just can't find a business that wants me like that will allow me to work 24 seven. I just want to, I just want to (laughs) work all the time. Like I am ready because I was so deep in hustle culture at that Mm, point. I was just, you know, and, and now I think it's just insane because yeah, you can still make money, but the options we have moving to Bali, moving to South America, you can still lead the lifestyles that you want and make the money that whatever money that you'd like to make to be able to sustain that. You just have to make sure that you're willing to change other things in your life that you weren't thinking that you could. And now's the age to do it because we don't have the dependables that we may in the next Exactly. Because it's... Is the absolute crap out of me when people feel rushed to do these mm. things because I'm like, I promise you a quarter life crisis is going to be so much better than a midlife one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. You're so right. Grateful so for right. every, like grateful yeah. for my 22, like I've had a quarter life crisis since 22. And every time I hit that point <laughs> where I'm like, oh my God, how am I starting from scratch again? Or why do yeah. I feel like everything's going wrong? I'm like, be grateful for this. Cause I promise you sticking through this is going to, you're going to thank yourself later for it. You yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just couldn't have said that better. I, I am not willing to go through a midlife crisis. Like we are putting in the work now, so we are avoiding that one. So it will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's what, what do they say? Like about like um, short-term pain is long-term gain. And it's, yeah, it's, so, it's so true, um, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to all of this stuff. And it doesn't mean like all of the things that we've spoken about doesn't mean giving up all your weekends. It doesn't mean oh, like, no. it just means swapping out a few things, you know, a yeah. few tiny things that, that aren't yes. that big of a thing or building up that self-confidence or that I don't give a fuck attitude and I'm going to put yeah. myself out there. And also if I can add to that, try and surround yourself with 
not the right people, but people who actually support your ideas and your goals. Because I remember during the first months of me wanting to become a freelancer and starting my own projects, I knew very well the friends that I should share that with and the friends that I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And that was only because I was not self-confident enough in the project mm -hmm. and I couldn't afford anyone telling me that's not going to work because one good friend that will have said that that would mean that I wouldn't go through the project yeah. so I I didn't say anything I I talked about it with good friends my parents but I knew very well the friends that I just not because they don't support my goals but because they don't see it working for themselves mm -hmm. hence they don't see it working for me so it's not about it's not that they don't support me. It's about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, try and surround yourself like you do with online. It's not that you have to be born in the most amazing environment. There mm -hmm. are people out there who think like you and that are willing to, to help you out and just, you know, support you. But yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. And I love what you said about like, the only reason that they're saying that is because they don't believe it's a reality themselves. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be friends. Like for me, it was um, close family, like especially mm. like my dad and he's, he was the only reason he was telling me that the things I was doing was silly or dumb or whatever was because he, it was like a protectant for him. Like, no, 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 you need to get a stable job so that you can have regular mm. income coming in. It wasn't out of like a, a bad place. They genuinely think that they're doing, the, yeah. they're saving you, you know, they think, yeah, exactly. you, you know, it's so um, important. But, but, yeah, but it's important, again, like you said, if you know that you're not in that self-confident state and I had to not tell people similarly for ages, like what yeah. I was doing. Um, <laughs> and then suddenly I came out and everyone's like, is this what you've been doing the whole time? I was so confused. Like, what have you been <laughs> trying to do? I was like, yeah, because now I'm finally like, I don't give a exactly. fuck. And you can have exactly. confidence in some ways. Like I haven't, I've kind of presented as quite a confident person, but when it comes mm -hmm. to other things, you Confidence has to be built always. Confidence yeah. Has to be built. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, again, it's not their fault. Once it starts to look beautiful and shiny, they will get on board. Yeah. Especially what you said about your father. It's so true and it worked for their generation. So they cannot understand how that would be a bad idea for mm. us, you know? Mm. Um, in that aspect, I've been so lucky with my parents. So they always say to my sister and to myself, we don't have the tools that you have to make the decisions for yourself, you know? So our knowledge is sort of outdated and we don't know what's out there in terms of opportunities. So we can only advise you so much when it comes to next moves. We can just let you know how we feel about it and we think it's a good fit for you or not, but it's not our job to, to make decisions for you. Yeah. And I feel like... Yeah, that was so important for me. Yeah, because otherwise I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I wouldn't know where I would be at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. No, exactly. It is. It is. And that and that community or having people within your network that you can trust with that, which is really exactly why the millennial crisis was born. Yeah, it was, exactly. I say it all the time. It was like definitely a selfish, it was a selfish endeavor. So I could find people that would make mm. me not feel crazy in the ideas that I had, you know? And that's why yes. I say to everybody, pitch us whatever insane ideas you have, you just have to mm. back it up with a plan and we will help make it happen. You know, yeah. it's just about making sure that um, 
there's yeah that there you've got that support because I know that when you have community support you can make anything happen you really can it's crazy yeah and your podcast is so relatable let me tell you that a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago I was waiting for the tram in Amsterdam and that was a time when I was overworked like Really, um, I felt numb. I really, I remember having really good friends leaving the city and me not knowing when I will see them again and not feeling the slightest amount of sadness. Not because I didn't love them, because I was numb and I was aware of it. But at the same time, I was blaming myself for not being grateful for having everything I had and for being there at 23, 24 years old, which made things worse, you know? Mm -hmm. So one day I was waiting for the tram and I was listening to one of your episodes when you were interviewing a woman who, a girl who worked in finance and she will go to yoga retreats, etc. And tears were falling off my eyes because it was so relatable. And I sort of try and use hair as inspiration as okay that's the place where I'm gonna be at in sometimes and I have to trust that when I put myself in new situations I will be ready to make the good decisions then I cannot have a good um, decision now about the situation that I haven't lived yet you know you have to leave your mind to process all these things so yeah but it's so relatable and I, you really build a beautiful community because for the longest, I thought, well, no one is actually talking about this. Like, maybe it's me that I'm just overly sad, whatever. I thought maybe the weather is too cold in Amsterdam, so I'm just, you know, sad. Um, but I don't think so. Like, I feel like there's many people who are going through the same, but we accept it as the norm. And, you know, it is what it is, whatever. Um, you try and numb the pain with whatever other little addictions you can get. But, yeah, it's just... It's not okay. And there are better ways to live life. So it will be a pity, at least in my opinion, not to try and see if it works for you or not. Totally. You know, again, it's not, uh, you know, I didn't say, oh yeah, uh, let's move over here. It's all fun. No, when I had a full-time job, I remember I was, you know, saving my little money every month to make this happen. So this is just a very long-term plan again. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And the story you've just told there was literally the exact thing I felt. I felt ashamed. I felt like embarrassed. Mm. I felt um, like I needed to be grateful. Like, why do yeah. I feel like this? I don't <laughs> understand. Everyone's telling me I'm doing amazing. Like, yeah. or like, I can't believe you're working here or doing this. And I was like, yeah, but I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know? And again, nobody was speaking about it, which is why like, the millennial crisis growth and stuff like that, it's not to any part of what I've done. It's because it's literally just there are so many of us experiencing this and yeah. it just, it all it does is showcases the real problem that there is out there. And as soon as people see that message or that language, they're just, they're like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. Yeah, And exactly. that's why a lot of the first sessions that we have where we speak about these questions, people go, like they leave being like holy shit I thought I was the only like I didn't Aww. expect this to be it yeah. um which is it says a lot about our society to me <laughs> yeah because there's not actually there's not a space to talk about it and 
I personally know people that don't even talk about the money they make or not in a bragging way, but, you know, especially when I was a Spanish person living in Amsterdam, it's very common for expats in Amsterdam to share how much you earn just to see that they are not, you know, taking too much uh, of you or whatever, just to, to help each other out. But if we are not having conversations about these financial topics, etc. How are we going to open up and share that, you know, whatever I have been building over the past few years actually sounds really good, mm -hmm. but it feels really bad. So after working with like big brands and traveling a bit for work, etc., I learned that the cooler the project, the project sounded, the worse it felt. Oh my God. And then, you know, people are asking you, yeah, how was it? I'm like, yeah, it actually was cool. If I tell you what I did, it's going to yeah. sound amazing. But I cannot explain it, but something inside happens. It re feels really, really bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I, totally. Just, yeah. Because even, even those, like, let's say you're going to these big crazy events and stuff like that. If you're again in a space where it's not your people, it doesn't mm -mm. matter how many people were twirling off the ceilings or what special food smoke was coming out and the cocktails, it's going to be shit. And you would yeah. have so much more fun making half the money and laughing about how broke you all are in somebody's backyard sitting on crates. Yes. You yes. know, you would yeah. be so much. And it's, it's, it's really hard to get to that mentally, Definitely. really hard. And like you said, it, this isn't a, after you listen to that episode, right, it wasn't a I need to make a change thing straight away and everything switched. It was, no. I assume then, a, still a slow progression. It's still a progression for me now I think oh my god mm. how do I go back to doing these things or is this the right thing because sometimes I crave like stability I'm like oh mm. I shouldn't yeah. have done this like I sometimes I'm like oh where's the white picket fence and the <laughs> kids and because sometimes it's really hard to do this. yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. And at that point, I remember, you know, the whole, the cooler it sounds, the worse it feels. I developed a lot of empathy for celebrities and well-known people because I thought if, you know, I only got a little bit of this and it's feeling so bad, I can only imagine how these people feel yeah. and how little empathy we have towards them because we expect them to be very grateful of what they have right yeah. um so yeah wouldn't be one of them yeah wouldn't want to totally totally yeah. totally totally even like um I think all the time like uh, a lot of people like um aspire to be influencers and and all of that kind of mm. stuff but I could literally think of nothing worse because yeah. your job is to showcase your enjoyment so you also yes. don't get to do you don't get to enjoy you don't get to want to switch off when you're at things Definitely. you feel ob obliged to do those things and yeah. one of the things I always made sure I wanted to do was if I ever had a following anywhere that I was in control of that and that my finances weren't tied to that so that I could post and share or do whatever I wanted there yeah. and that I had a financial stability elsewhere or that I knew that whatever I was cultivating was be able to stand on its own as well and Definitely. online community and following is amazing I I mm -hmm. love it I remember I'm me mentally thinking to myself like okay if that's ever going to happen 
I know mm -hmm. I need to make sure that it is either very tight knit that they will move around wherever um, yeah. or that it's not tied to doing like lifestyle blogging style things where people yeah. go, where, where people need to showcase, which I'm sure you come across a lot of people, especially in places like Bali, where they're doing all of that stuff and, and wow. all of their work that they're doing is based off that personal brand they've built in order to yeah. promote it and stuff like that. Yeah, it is very common, exactly. And uh, it's also putting a lot of pressure on yourself because when enjoyment becomes your job, where do you go when you actually want to enjoy? So it's a bit similar to people that make their hobby their job. Like now you love to play guitar, but now this is the way that you make money and then you don't like it anymore because what are you supposed to do on a Sunday night when you would go play guitar. Now what you do, you go to the cinema, you go out. So that was your safe space and you demanded so much of it. Now it's become your way to make money. So yeah, it is very common in Bali, especially in this area. And it is a good life that they have, of course. It, it doesn't work for everyone, mm. but I feel like if you go that route before you start or at the very beginning, it's very good to set some boundaries or you know define very clearly what you want it to look like because otherwise you're gonna start attracting a specific type of audience and they are gonna have expectations from you and if you don't meet them then it's over for you you know you lose your job so yeah it's very easy to get caught up in this spiral of reaching a specific physical shape so that you look good in pictures and well all these effects and all this crazy mm. stuff going on as well so yeah. again a lot of demands from just a hobby or a lifestyle I would say and there's nothing wrong with going in wanting because I think a lot of people also get embarrassed like oh what do you mean like you want to make yourself an influencer like that's your goal like that's so weird it's like no, oh it's no. great the majority of them treat it like a, a business in the beginning. The business is just your yep. name. And when you build any great foundational business, understanding your values, your mission outcomes, what you think the next six, 12, five years are going to look like is really important because it allows you to visualize, well, what roadblocks do I think I'm going to yes. come up across? You know, you're never going to predict everything. But in saying that, at least, you know, okay, in the first year, I'm going to film my whole life, but then I'm going to slowly weave them out of that and direct them here so I can bring back my own life or I'm only going to show this aspect of my life or whatever yep. that um, thing is. It's it's just so interesting. And the only reason you come to these is by exploring different things and being open to different options of things that you want yes, to do. Definitely. Um, and there is a lot of confusion, I believe, because as a brand strategist, I get, you know, these discovery calls and then it's often people or sometimes people who reach out to me and they say, yeah, I want to build a brand, but because I want to be famous, I want to become well-known. And then I will ask them, okay, which topic, uh, which, you know, uh, no, just myself. So sometimes I feel like the, the realization I have come after, you know, talking to these clients is that influencers, content creators, they make it look very casual because it's their job. Mm. But that doesn't mean that there's not meetings behind the scenes of five people sitting down in a cafe, a meeting room, deciding how casual they want to make it look. So you think that it's that easy. Yeah. And we don't talk about that enough. It is a brand and we cannot be so innocent to think that people that are making six, seven figures a year, 
they have no plan behind it. I'm not saying that all of them have this, you know, really demonic plans behind the scenes, whatever, but there is a planning because it is a business and uh, uh, there's nothing bad about it, but as uh, consumers or as an audience, we shouldn't think that everything's just, you know, and most of them, by the way, become known, well-known because they attract attention in one topic, let it be makeup, fashion, etc. Mm. And then when they become well-known in that topic, people get interested in the person. It's rarely, you know, even if it's like funny videos, yeah, but you have been given funny videos to your audience for like a month, two months straight. So now people become interested in you. Hey, what are you wearing? What's that uh, lipstick that you're wearing? But it's rarely the case that you just show up and then people will start asking you all sorts of things about your life, you know? So again, it's a matter of showing up every day. Totally. Totally. No, a hundred percent. And that's the biggest struggle that people have is like their niche, but they're like, I'm so much more than that. I'm so much more than that. I struggle myself. That's why I don't want to build a brand. Cause I'm like, I like to, I like people to come to my page and not know what they're going to get. Are they going to get Demi who's professional one day (laughs) talking about something like digital marketing related, or are they going to get Demi like dancing around in a room or doing something stupid? Like not my problem. I'm here to show yeah. up online as myself and do whatever the fuck I want. If you want to exactly. consume it, consume it. If you don't, be my guest, yes. you know? Exactly. Or obviously yeah. the millennial crisis, we're focused on the core things that we mm-hmm. speak about, you know, career, yeah. feeling community, all of those kinds of things. And that's why people are reliable there and feel open to share a lot mm-hmm. more there too. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it is, it's, it's super super interesting um i don't know that we've we've even touched on where you are right now i continued posting videos on tiktok eventually i came here to bali and now basically i work with clients that most of them find me over tiktok so building brands either commercial or personal and it feels so good so again coming to bali has been amazing because I have the tendency to feel out of place sometimes, even especially when I'm in my own country. I feel like, why don't I belong here? Like the conversations they have and the the ambitions. It's just, we have grown apart, you know? Um, That's why I say that I would love to go back to Spain eventually, but in my own terms, if possible, mm. you know, so that I can actually have the everything good that the country has to offer, which is a lot, mm. but not being burned out eventually by the bad things it's got. Anyway, so I came to Bali. Working here has been very, very nice, especially because you are surrounded with people with the same lifestyle. And I've told you this, Demi, this will suit you 100%. We wait for you over here. <laughs> I'll be coming yeah. very soon. I promise that. <laughs> yeah, it's just very beautiful to see how we people here, we all have our projects going on. There's a lot of content creation going on, lifestyle, uh coaching, intellectual, music production. It's very creative industries as well. Um, A lot of people actually that are here have started their journeys like earlier on, maybe 10 years ago. Mm. And now they are financially free. So you actually 
it's very common to find people who work maybe one hour a day, which also means that there's a lot of free time involved, random parties on a Tuesday at 3 p.m. on anyone's villa, you know, someone's villa, all these things. Um, so actually, I would say that it's a place where you can relax very easily. You can, you know, work on yourself while working on your project. Um, but there are a lot of distractions as well. I have to, you know, say, okay, no, I'm working today because I actually still have to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can see where you all are and it's an amazing place to be mentally, you know, financially, etc. But let me get there first yeah. so I can attend your parties on a Tuesday at 3 p.m., you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm feeling really, really good. Again, grateful that I have gotten here so early in my life and that I get to experience all of this. And um, yeah, just very, very happy actually, but still thinking that it's been not too much time since I, you know, stopped working for this other company. And since I actually started to feel relaxed again and working with my clients, etc. So again, I catch myself thinking of, all these things and extra work etc very often yeah. yeah but it's a, a all a journey yeah yeah because because what has it been two years since you left that old kind of life right or your um no i would say eight months actually, eight months or oh, a year right. yeah it hasn't been that long yeah, yeah. the yeah. thing is that because I knew that I wanted to be here and do this eventually, I started with TikTok earlier on. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. why. So there was a good yeah. amount of time when I was posting, but I was not available for any services over there. That's why. And it was good because by the time I launched, people were already interested. I had been having like requests for a while before I actually launched. So yeah, yeah that's it amazing 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 so true and it's very often that I will get to like uh, somewhere close to the beach a cafe or anything and I go there with my laptop to work and I actually go work now in a cafe where like I would see this cafe on someone's Instagram stories like two years ago and I was yeah. like mom remember telling my mom look at her like her feet are on the sand and she's working you know and um of course, I like to share these things, but I always have this, okay, what about the people that are on the other side? And I'm well aware that it's still lockdown. And no, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like as long as we actually share the reality as yeah. accurately as we can, because it's yeah. actually true that there's two aspects of Bali as well. And people keep sharing the beauty of it, which is mm. amazing. And it is very true that it's there, mm. but there's so much work to be done. Like it's not all that pretty, you know, and it's okay. And it doesn't have to be, but I didn't want to be um, another one of these people like office life and office for today. Yeah. Or if I do post something like that, just try and explain that that did cost me a lot yeah 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 because yeah, even that story that you just said about how two years ago you were showing your mom a cafe oh, and now yeah. you're there like yeah just, I love um being able to hear those things because it just it does it shows the journey and I think it also solidifies to other people that it is possible Definitely. Um, which I think is amazing and that is done in not a way where it's unattainable which is what a lot of the 
office for a day and not showing anything else of their life but those yeah. really key beautiful and it's for other people to not feel bad or anything but it's also for you like if you keep posting content where you are making everything look beautiful when you know what the reality is mm. you're gonna start perceiving yourself and treating yourself as someone who does those things and for me that that's not a place where I would like to be I don't know like it doesn't feel right because I've seen like I'm there I see what's happening actually you know so I'm lying to my own people on Instagram it's only my friends you know I don't want to lie to my friends totally. yeah Totally, totally. <laughs> we are unfortunately getting towards the end, but yes. I have three questions that I ask all of my guests at the end of each podcast. And then we will jump mm -hmm. into the challenge that you have for everybody as well. Perfect. Yes. So the first question I have for you is, what do you think is the first small step you took that led you to where you are right now? Um, that must be surrounding or trying to surround myself with people who thought think alike so that didn't mean cutting everyone in my life but you know there's this um quote that says if you surround yourself with five broke people let's say you will be the prepared to be the sixth one mm. and i will listen to that quote and i will say yeah but these five not broke people but you know fine people doing well but just normal people they are my people mm. i don't want to break with them just so i can become better like it's not a competition but eventually you know it doesn't mean that you have to cut ties with everyone but you know add these other people into your life and see if it feels right and what can you build together if anything or what can you contribute with so as a small step i will say either try and connect with people on social media i actually had someone reaching out on tiktok a month ago a guy from australia um and then he asked me if he could video call me for 10 minutes just to meet me and see if i had any advice for him and of course i want to do that like yeah. it, it came from such a good place you know and uh, I admire him because maybe he could not find another way to meet people that he was interested in. And he thought it would be a good idea to just drop a comment. So, yeah, something like that, like just the small things, because then, again, you perceive yourself as someone who's taking steps to get what, what you want, you know. So, yeah, try and surround yourself with like minded people. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. Um, <laughs> my next question is, what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privileged problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health or well-being. Okay, so this, please bear in mind, it's very privileged problem to have. I have the more than one, one, actually. I that's, have the, that's the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> we, want so... we want all the privilege. <laughs> the first one is that I'm in Bali at the moment. And um, I'm realizing that if I want to keep this lifestyle of being abroad, etc., I also want to make family time a priority. So I'm trying to see how that fits in this lifestyle you know so do i go back home for christmas do i stay with my parents for one month a year how does that look so like trying and design something that works for me but also for them because when i think about it um, 
I am here or wherever I am, I am there because I want to be. It's not that I need to be, you know, mm. and I don't want it to be at the expense of my parents maybe missing me or, you know, at the end of the day, I haven't been home. I left my house or my country five years ago and I've been back, but not for so long. So, yeah, it's becoming like a lifestyle and I don't want that to mean that I am not together with my family. Mm. And uh so, yeah, I'm trying to see where I go next, basically. Um, the second one is that I have been realizing that because of the amazing projects we did in the past, in my previous job with amazing brands, celebrities, etc., et I realized that I had been tying my self-worth to that. Mm-hmm. And the other day I archived all my posts on Instagram, except for five or six, just to see, because it, most of them were work-related anyways, just to see how I would act and perceive myself if I don't have that as a backup, sort of, you know? So I'm meeting new people. Instagram is so big in Bali. Whenever you meet someone at a party, it's just Instagram and you connect over there, then you meet them again via Instagram, etc. And I thought, well, if I want to, you know, make changes, I am still presenting to the world in a way that I don't know if it longer serves me. So let me just archive most of them and see how I act if I don't have that, you know? Um, Because I realized that, yeah, I was tying my self-worth to that. And it also, I feel like, again, hustle culture, et cetera. I was acting from my masculine energy so much and it didn't feel right for some people it does it didn't feel right for me so yeah i'm trying to explore um how a new life could look in that sense again these are very very privileged problems to have um but i thought i would share them because there's nothing more millennial than instagram <laughs> no literally i'm right? so glad you you shared those because the in, the instagram one's really interesting i love yeah. i actually think a lot of people um would gain something from that too because that's yeah that is something um I I know so many of my friends that are so like again this is from people that don't have follow it like it's it's just your everyday person but they get so anxious and Mm. so um like worried about how they're being perceived on Instagram and what it is and all that means and oh my god my life was so good back then I'm not doing this now or all of these other things so that's a really that's a really cool thing and the final (laughs) question I have for you is what is one thing you would still like to explore or are curious about hmm something that I have in mind for the long term though is that Unfortunately, I I could not relate to anyone when I was doing all of this. So, sorry, moving abroad, building my own project, etc. Where I grew up, I didn't have someone to have as a reference, you know? I wonder if there are other girls in my area, in my country, wanting to do something similar, but, you know, lacking the atmosphere, connections, etc., And I feel like I have done very little for my country, if not anything, because I've never worked there even. So that's something that I would definitely like to explore more. Hopefully, if I go back soon, see, yeah, if there's any way that I could help. Yeah, I would love to. Because, you know, I feel them 
so close. They are like, you know, I was there some years ago. So yeah, yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> I could so see that for you. Thank that you. would be so, you'd be so amazing at doing something like that too. So you've got a challenge for everybody. Yes. yes. So do you want to yes. share? Because I'm excited to hear this. Yes. This is a challenge for the people who know they have some sort of creative energy that they are not letting out, you know, or that want to start their own projects. Uh, and there is an amazing book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's very easy to read, you know, it just targets every insecurity you might have before you start your project. And it's written in such a way that by the time you finish the book, you have no excuses left. So you just have to, you know, start doing your thing. Um, so that's one. And for the people who might be listening, who is who are trying to get started to create content, especially on TikTok, if only if you want, or if you are feeling like you have some insecurities about whether your content is good enough or not, or you don't want to show yourself on the camera, which is a very common thing. Um, <clears throat> then what, I'm, what I can say is send me your drafts via Instagram on a DM, and then I will share some feedback on it. So I have worked with a TikTok coach for a month, some months ago. And then I know the theory, I know the how it should look, you know. So if I can help you out, just send me a DM, DM on Instagram. I'll check it out and then I'll share some feedback on it. Those are my two challenges. I love that. <laughs> First off, can I say that Clara put me on to Big Magic and it is a fucking game changer. Mm, it's such a good book and I don't read. So I listen to the audio version and it's it's just as good. So if, if anyone doesn't read, I would recommend listening as well. But it is, yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's amazing. It's so good. So mm would recommend that and I always think even if you don't want to start something trying to record something of yourself and either sharing it with someone or sharing it online is so important because it puts you in a real state of vulnerability and then you realize <laughs> oh that wasn't that bad yeah you know <laughs> which is which is amazing too thank you so so much for coming on for being so open honest and just like an amazing person your Aww. energy is just incredible and um I hope that as we kind of travel our paths will cross which I'm sure they so. will and yeah it's just been an absolute pleasure chatting with you Thank you very much, Demi. It's really, really cool to get to talk to you. And again, even if we have never seen each other in person, it just feels so good. You know, I'm very happy that I keep finding these really, really cool people on the way. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Totally. And if people want to follow you, I will link your LinkedIn, um, not your LinkedIn, your TikTok and your is Instagram Perfect. okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just use Instagram to share my life, but you are more than welcome to jump in as well. Yes. Perfect. Of course. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you.